I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up. Ironically, this is not far from the truth. Do you believe in fate, Neil? No. Why not? Because I don't like the idea that I'm not in control of my life. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Conspiracies, Fear and Mysteries Podcast. Conspiracies, Fear and Mysteries Podcast. This is like my fourth episode, and it's becoming a mission to just get two podcasts out because I got two podcasts and a YouTube channel, and the only days that I can really do this is Fridays. So today is Friday, Friday the what the fifth. Oh, the 8th. Oh, my God. Friday the 8th of February 2019. And today we're going to talk some craziness. I got two stories here I wanted to talk about. Um, I got this from Graveyard Shift. Now, uh, I got a list here. Uh, I got 10 real people who survived horror movie situations. Now, uh, if you're not familiar, if you don't watch horror movies, then... You're probably not listening to this podcast anyway. But horror movie situations could be anything from uh, stalker to serial killers to medical traumas. I mean, you name it. And it happens. We've got 10 here. The first one is uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. But I'm not going to talk about Jeffrey Dahmer. He's too. He's like too. He's like he's been talked about so much that. It's boring to me now. I don't even want to. I don't even want to talk about Jeffrey Dahmer right now, unless I find some other kind of story about him. No. So I got two over here. Maybe I'll do three. Let me see how much time we have. How much time I have? I'll do three here, and we're gonna go ahead and set this thing off. All right. So the the first one is worst fiance ever buries woman alive. Buries woman alive. The worst fiance ever buries a woman alive. Exactly how it sounds. So, the horror. Michelina Lewandowska did not have the most loving relationship with her fiance, Marcin Kasperzak. Kasperzak. K A S P R Z A K. Nobody cares. But she was probably anticipating a nasty public breakup or a confession of cheating when their relationship finally ran its course. Instead, when Kasperzak <laughs> grew tired of her, he and an accomplice attacked her with a stun gun bound her hands and legs and tried to think of how to get rid of mother and how to get rid of the mother of of his three-year-old son no less his gruesome idea was to dump michella into a cardboard box drive her out into the wilderness and bury her alive under a few inches of dirt and a 90 pound tree branch so she would so she could suffocate so she would suffocate how she survived in an interview she gave after the ordeal, Michelle recalled walking up in her shallow oh I'm sorry, waking up in her shallow grave with thoughts of her child. She decided that she needed to survive in order to protect him from the man who did this to her. Thinking quickly, she was able to cut through her bonds with her engagement ring and claw her way out of the grave where she had been for over two hours already. Though she escaped with her life, the psychological and physical effects haunted her for weeks. She suffered from insomnia and paranoia and had difficulty breathing and walking. Both her attackers her attackers were sentenced to 20 years in prison. Let's talk about that for a second. It's amazing that she survived, right? 
amazing that she survived. First of all, thank God she survived. Thank God she's alive. Thank God she's out of there. Um, you see this. You see these situations a lot. This is something you probably see in a horror movie. You know, you see this in a horror movie all the time, where uh, the killer would do something insane like this. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, but what, what I'm getting at, uh, um, what I'm getting at is these killers to me, they don't get enough time in prison. Yeah, they, they don't get enough time in prison, man. 20 years, 20 years is just not enough for me. I think, like, I don't understand I don't understand some justice systems, man. I really don't understand some justice systems. Um, I mean, they, twenty years. I saw one story uh, that I that I'm gonna do uh, in one of the episodes, probably in, in probably next week, maybe I don't know, where the guy had raped a girl. This was in the '70s. He raped a girl in California. I don't know what's wrong with Californian serial killers, but. He raped a girl and uh, he cut off her arm. He cut off her arms at the elbow and then like threw her down a ravine or something. I forgot what he did. Something he like he threw her down a, a ravine. I don't have the full details. She was able to she he thought he killed her. She was able to get up and walk to the road. Right. Holding her arms up so that her, you know, she doesn't bleed to death and her meat doesn't fall out. And somebody helped her. He got 14 years, got released in eight years, went to Florida, of course, to Tampa, killed another woman, then went to prison. Again, after the the, the first woman he did that to uh, testified, and God knows how many other women he did that to in between that time. This was years and years later. And he, uh, I think he ended up dying of cancer or something in jail, in prison. You know, that's stupid. In this case here, this guy got sentenced to 20 years. 20 years? Are you serious? These people can't live anymore. This is not like he had a bag of weed. You know what I mean? Like this guy had a bag of weed or anything like that. You know, like he had a bag of weed or he was selling in the corner to make money or something like that. You know, you don't recover from this. This is like something like this is unfixable. <laughs> this kind of mentality you know this guy th these people had a relationship and you see this a lot the more i do these stories and i'm into these stories and i watch a lot of these stories read about them you see this like the the things that humans can be capable of can do without help without when you don't think straight with a you know bad upbringing you think this is the best way to fix something you know um you know uh like these people were in a relationship this guy didn't want to be with her anymore or she didn't want to whatever they didn't want to be with each other he decided the best course of action instead of just breaking up with her and be like look man let's talk about how we're gonna have visitation with the kid whatever whatever this and the third or you know how we're gonna do this instead of talking about that he decided to murder her, to try to murder her because he failed miserably. Dumbasses, you know, and I'm not trying to glorify what they did or anything, but I mean, guy, I'm glad they failed. 
but they they fail they failed miserably they you know they failed at life they failed at everything you know what i mean 20 years in prison is not enough i think these guys you need to like drop them off on snake island or something yes yeah, snake island is real and i will talk about that too in case you snake island is real it's not a conspiracy it is an island full of snakes just deadly deadly snakes like I don't know how you you can't count how many snakes are on this island. It's just impossible. They've got the deadliest snakes on that line on that island. Just drop them off there with a pair of shorts. That's it. Shorts, baggy shorts too. Not not like tight shorts. Just drop them off there. Jesus Christ. Well, but she survived. So let's go on to the next person. The only surviving victim. I might do three of these. I don't know. Okay, the horror. Holly Dunn and her boyfriend, Chris Mayer. Chris Mayer, isn't that the political guy? No, Chris Mayer. We're having a casual night out when they cross paths with the wrong stranger. While on their home, while on their way home from a friend's party, the couple was approached by a mysterious man at a train station asking for money. Little, little did they know that he was Angel Resendez, a famed serial killer who was already murdered six and would ultimately claim the lives of many more. After showing them an ice pick, Resendez tied the couple up and ushered them into a nearby ditch. He then bludgeoned Mayer to death with a 50-pound rock. Not satisfied with the one kill, Resendez proceeded to brutally rape Holly, stab her in the neck with the ice pick, and beat her savagely with a wood plank until she passed out. How she survived. Jesus Christ. When Holly woke up, she discovered that Resendez was gone. He mistook Holly's unconsciousness for death, giving her the chance to escape. She was able to drag herself to a nearby house and call for help for her various injuries, including a broken jaw and shattered eye socket. Nearly 10 years later, Holly testified in court against a railway killer. He used the train system to move between states and find new victims. In the trial that gave him the death sentence, she was the only one of his 15 victims to ever get away. Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible, and, that, and I'm, I'm sorry this happened to them. But they got away. I mean, I'm sorry, but she got away. Unfortunately, her boyfriend um, passed away. Hence, let me get into some real quick. Hence why I'm always actually, as I'm talking, I just tapped on my gun. I carry all the time with me. I'm not saying that that's going to be that nothing can't happen to you just because you carry a gun. But it is more, um, you know, especially if you're trained. If you're trained with the weapon and you shot the weapon, then it's more likely that you'll be able to save yourself. Because if he has a nice pick and I pull out a gun, I'm going to say nine times out of ten, he's going to stop what he's doing. Or I'm just I'm just going to Swiss cheese him up. because, And I'm just going to say, yo, he attacked me. Or he was going to kill me. And then they're going to find out he was the murderer and I emptied a whole clip on him. You know what I'm saying? A whole magazine or whatever. But... uh. This is amazing that she died. People, this is this was a while back. I don't know what state this was in. Didn't say the state. This is just like real quick stories that they shoot out. This doesn't have the details, but this is crazy. The, you know, I heard about the railway killer. This is and this is his most. This is the case that got him uh, the death sentence. Um, if anybody can answer me, why it takes so long? I probably should have googled this. Why does it take so long for a death? For the actual ex- uh, execution, especially when the evidence is this hard 
just, just compelling this hardcore like this is like balls to the wall straight in your face you know evidence the evidence is there he's probably like yeah whatever you could see it that he did it some killers would be like in the court would just be like yeah i killed him i wanted to there's been there's been times that happened people only think the only serial killers are ted bundy and you know richard ramirez and uh you know the regular serial killers that we're used to there are so many out there and there's some out right now there's some out that are right now uh let's do another one eluding a highway murderer down under this is in australia the horror british tourists joanne lees and pete falconio were driving a van through the australian outback at night when another motorist signaled them to pull over on the roadside, the man informed them that their van's exhaust pipe was emitting sparks. When Falconio got out to investigate the motors, Bradley John Murdoch shot him on the roadside. Intending to take Lees as his sexual prize, Murdoch attacked her, then bound her hands with cable ties. It doesn't say more about that, but how she survived. Murdoch, high on amphetamines hold Lees out of the van where she fell face down on the asphalt despite a blow to the head that left her momentarily dazed Lees was aware enough to leap at a brief opportunity in which Murdoch was distracted as he moved Falconio's body she fled into nearby bushes emerging from her hiding place over five hours later to flag down a passing car for help Murdoch was convicted of the murder but he was never but he has never revealed the whereabouts of Falconio's body so they caught this dude they caught him, but he never he has never said where he put the body of the of the gentleman killed, which is horrible and all all in itself. Uh you know, he got caught. It doesn't say if he's got the death penalty or anything. I don't know how that works over there in Australia. Um, I know a lot of places other than the States and those modern uh modernized like UK and stuff that have all these laws and, you know, all these advancements quote unquote you know um, a lot of these places you know they have their different penalties and they have oh you're gonna get 25 years and this but i've been to a lot of places came from africa uh and in south in africa south america a lot of places where these killers get caught and it's a double-edged sword these people get caught and right and they're gonna cut you right there like I, and when i say cut you i mean literally they'll machete you right there You'll be lucky if the town doesn't get you. Because I've seen places where the town gets their hands on you. And you're done. You're finished. They will cut you in pieces. Like literally. Pieces. Happens in Mexico. Happens in the Dominican Republic in the country where I'm from. Happens in uh, happens in South America all the time. Happens in Africa. Happens in uh, India. A lot of places. Not, not too, you know, modernized, whatever. They're still old school. Like, look, this is our town. You brutalized it. We're gonna brutalize you. They will. I see. I saw a video where a guy uh, had raped a girl. They tied a uh, rock, heavy ass rock, to his man parts, and they hung him. And they let the rock hang. And his and his junk was trying to support the rock, and of course it didn't. But you know how that goes. You know, what I mean, uh, this case here, you know, and I said this on my other podcast, my regular podcast, 
Um, which you could check out Cigar Ralphie right here on Anchor or on Spotify. Uh, you know, I say this on my podcast, man, on some episodes. It's just, I'm not, me and my wife both, I'm not that type of person that we stop like this for everyone. We're not very, we're not very, uh, just, I don't know. We're just not going to stop. Like in this case, this motorist pulled the guy over. You know, I, you know, believe it or not, check this out. I have a similar story that happened to me. Somebody tried, somebody was flagging me down to pull over, right? Um, I don't know what it was for. They pulled up next to me. Hey, can you pull over? It was a guy and a girl, a man and a woman. I didn't pull over. I kept going. I actually got on the highway. So shit. I got on the highway. I'm not pulling over. Uh, there's a story of a doctor. It was he, he was like a doctor or something. He was driving. Uh, what country was in? I don't remember. But he was driving. And he saw an accident. And there was... He saw an accident. It was two cars in an accident. He saw people and he drove up to the he drove past the accident very he drove like pat he was driving towards the accident he drove around it and he looked and he just kept driving he passed it he looked right there was like people on the floor but he kept driving when he looked in his rear view some people came out of the bushes so they were planning to ambush him you know what i'm saying uh so, you know, it was, oh, man, it's great. Great that he didn't stop. So, <laughs> now here's something a little, it's bad, but it's not, have to do with another human. Now, woman goes on vacation and gets flesh-eating bacteria as a souvenir. Uh, there's a picture of her here. Uh, she's, looks like she's got an artificial hand. Uh, pretty looking, pre- pretty woman. Um, she must have lost her hand because of this, but let's see what it says. The horror. Amy Copeland was having a blast on vacation in her home state of Georgia when she decided to give zip lining a try. The outdoor enthusiast wasn't worried about anything going wrong. She had always been up for an adventure and never shied away from the chance to try something new. But when Amy ziplined, the wire snapped and caused the graduate student to plummet into murky water below. She, uh, where she contracted necrotizing facitis in an open wound. Wow. How she survived. After doctors determined that Copeland had contracted the flesh-eating bacteria, which is often fatal, they worked as fast as they could to stop the spread before it could hit her vital organs. Her hands and both legs were amputated in order to save her life. Since the incident, she has been fitted with prosthetic legs and bionic hands that allow her to live a bit more normally. While, any, while anyone else would probably curl up in a ball and never go outside again, Copeland gained national attention during her ordeal, not only for beating the bacteria, but for her overwhelming positivity on the face of terror. Let's look at what this necrotizing facitis is in this open wound. It says necrotizing facitis, necrotizing facitis. Necro is, uh, that has to do with dead, with uh, death is a rare bacterial infection that spreads quickly in the body and can cause death. Accurate diagnosis, rapid antibiotic treatment, and prompt surgery are important to stop the infection. See a doctor right away if you have a fever, dizziness, or nausea soon after an injury or surgery. Wow. Okay. They didn't really tell me anything, but 
Necrotizing Facilities. Okay. We didn't tell me much, but let's go ahead. And I guess it's uh, bacteria that kills you, whatever. Okay. So, you know, these are pretty good. These are pretty good, straight to the point, you know. Uh, oh, wow, this, this picture looks pretty pretty scary. Red Riding Hood outsmarts a big, a big bad wolf. The horror. Elizabeth Shelf was on her way home from school when a man claiming to be a police officer declared she was under arrest. Okay. <laughs> Handcuffing a 14-year-old and taking her to his home deep in South Carolina woods. The kidnapper... An unemployed construction worker, uh, an unemployed construction worker named Vincent Filiaw, chained her in a booby-trapped bunker beneath his isolated trailer, regularly assaulting her over the course of ten days. Her parents reported her missing, but the police treated it as a case of a teenage runaway. I swear, yo, how she escaped. Knowing that no one would be able to find her, Shaw spent several days deliberately building up her captor's trust. Eventually, Filio allowed her to use his phone to play games. Naturally, she used it to text her parents and friends. Before long, the authorities used the phone's signal to find her approximate location. <laughs> Panicking, Filio asked his victims his victim what to do, and Shaw, fearing he might kill her, advised him to run. He did, and she carried herself out of the bunker on her own. Filio, meanwhile, was captured, eventually sentenced to 421 years in prison. Wow. See, there are just, I guess it's up to the judge. There are some judges that are like, this is really bad. I'm going to go ahead and give you 421 years. I don't even know how you even come up with that number. Like, you could say 100 years and it'd be fine because he's not going to live through that. But 421 years sounds better. It's just, it would just psychologically mess him up. And one thing I just thought of, I was listening to another podcast and uh, they were talking about uh, a case in South Africa, which I'm going to talk. I'm going to do a whole episode just on that case, just because how bad it is. And uh, they were saying that they should, when they when they sentence people, they should be like, they shouldn't tell them when they're going to die at all. They should be like, look, you're going to get a death sentence. Um, and they should make them think every day that it's that day, you know, like, you know, they, you know, they shouldn't say, oh, they shouldn't give them a date of execution. They should just be like, you're getting a death sentence and they shouldn't tell them. And they should just every day make them feel like it's that day. Like the CEO at one, a different CEO every week or every other day would come and be like, come with us, you know, just to keep them just to. Drive him crazy just as a torture. Why? Why? Why is torture bad? He did it to his. And yeah, it's like, oh, it's torture. Don't do that. No. Well, I mean, he did it to his uh, captors. I mean, I'm sorry to his his victims. So why why is it so bad if we you know you torture him, you know? And back to this story. Uh, back to this story. Uh, let's look like why you know. You don't just get caught. I mean, she was 14. She didn't know better, but you don't just get arrested. You know, why am I being arrested? And did he have a uniform on in a car and everything? You don't just get arrested. Look, if that's the case, right? If a, a police officer is just, they don't just arrest you unless he's a serial killer. You don't just get arrested. Like, I'm just going to arrest you. 
That's it. You know what I mean? He If he doesn't have cause, he cannot arrest you. So you're allowed to question why you're being arrested. He has to tell you. So FYI, just letting you know that. Just letting you, letting you know that. So let's look at one. Let's look at one more. Let's go. Let's go ahead and look at one more. An intruder gets caught by the snow. The horror. Redditor Laundry Soap had a chilling tale to tell about her boyfriend's mother. As a child, the mother lived in a house with a strange design that featured several doors to the outside all over the house, including her bedroom. She began feeling at unease in the house, like someone was watching her. But her family shrugged it off as a little girl being scared of the dark and ignored her fears. Even when she swore that someone was rattling the doorknob to her room from outside the house. Eventually, her belief that she was being watched got so bad that she had to sleep in her parents' room every night or else she would wake up screaming. One night, when her father woke up to use the restroom, he saw a shadowy, he saw a shadowy figure and heard noises but couldn't find anything suspicious to back up his daughter's fears. That is until the next morning. Oh boy, how they survived. Surrounding the house, leading up, surrounding the house, leading up to every window and door were fresh footprints in the snow. Someone had tried to get into the house desperately and clearly had been there many times before. Her father followed the footprints down the street where they led to a house where a mentally handicapped teen lived. He confessed to entering their house every night to watch the girl sleep. He, he just gave up and went home the night before when all the doors and windows were locked. Believe your children and lock your doors. People. When my children say I heard something, Believe believe you me, I check it. I check it. And yeah, I got the heat on me. Because I, I, you know, you just never know. You know how many stories I've heard where children have said, oh, there's, and people put it off and the child was actually right. Children, and I hate to say it like this, are like dogs. You know, they sense things. Um, You know, they sense things. Children are sensors. They sense things. Dogs bark. Children tell. Children will be like, "Hey, hey, uh, um, you know, I there's something there that I hear something. Even if there's nothing, check it out. Even if there's nothing, you know, there's so many stories of children going through, of <laughs> potentially saving themselves and others, and we just don't listen to them. You know what I mean? Uh, it just it's unbelievable. But anyway, guys, that's all I got for you this week, man. I'm going to come up with more stuff. There's more things. There's more. There's conspiracies. There's more murders. The murders never stop. Unfortunately, it never stops. I wish uh, I wish there was no, no material for me as far as murders go. I wish there was no material, um, you know, because uh, it's, it's just insane. It's just insane. Okay, stand by. I got a bonus story here. It's real short, but it caught my caught my interest. A loose crocodile on an airplane caused a crash that killed all but one passenger. In June 2014, a small plane crashed on a routine trip across the Congo. The pilot, co-pilot, and 70 passengers all died, leaving only one survivor to tell his unbelievable story. Apparently, a fellow passenger had smuggled a live crocodile onto the flight in, in his luggage. And when the crocodile escaped, the loose reptile caused a panic. Crew and passengers stampeded to the front of the, of the airplane. 
dangerously, dangerously shifting the plane's weight and throwing throwing it off balance, leading to the fatal crash. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. <coughs> I don't know why that bothered me. <laughs> the crocodile is just because probably because I've been in the face of a crocodile. I was doing a little documentary uh for film school and um I went to Gatorland and they put me inside of the uh in, in, what is it entrapment and capturement the inside of the little big ass fish tank that they had their their biggest croc Chester and I had my camera I'll never forget the, I'll never forget that feeling of like there was a moment where I felt helpless and like well it's like I'm just gonna die you know where I just I froze I I mean I was filming his mouth I had my camera right on his mouth and he his mouth was open and he was hissing and for some reason the trainer thought that was funny I didn't think it was funny and then he snapped his, he did that whole snapping thing. It was great for the film, but scary as hell for me. I said, I am not even going to run because this thing is going to run after me. So I didn't do that. But he didn't do anything. He just stayed there watching me. And I was really, I was up on his mouth. Believe me, this thing was huge. It was a dinosaur. But this is crazy. Somebody brought a, uh, <laughs> somebody brought a damn alligator. <laughs> Onto the it's not funny that people die. It's just crazy. It's just, I, gotta, I gotta let out a chuckle. Anyway, y'all, for real, that's all I got now, man. Don't forget to like, subscribe. I do not have a Instagram for this channel. I mean, sorry for this, uh, this, uh, you know, this anchor station for this podcast. Um, but I do have an Instagram, and that's Cigar Ralphie. You could go to Cigar Ralphie, and that you know, I don't want to make too many Instagrams. I already have. I've had enough. I've done that before. Um, and I just I, I just don't want to do that. I just don't want to do that. So you go to Cigar Ralphie and you can follow me there. You can ask me anything. If you have a story you want me to talk about or read or whatever, put on the podcast. You can let me know over there, right? So as always, man, like and subscribe. Follow me on social media, Instagram. I may make a Twitter for it. Maybe. Let me know. So stay wondering, stay scary, and I will see you on the next one.